Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by APT Capital Group, where Kyle and Lalita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, aptcapitalgroup.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. Also, if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, now time to get into our show. Today, we have Colin Dothit here with us. Colin, so happy you're here. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Before we head into the interview, here's a little bit about Colin. Colin is the founder and owner of Atlas Property Management and has been in the real estate space for just three years. Prior to real estate, Colin had a professional career as an engineer for seven years. Just being in real estate for three years, he already currently manages over 300 units, which speaks great length in itself. So it sounds like he made a huge leap from the corporate world into real estate, and it's been great for you, so can't wait to hear more about it. So Colin, let's begin, and could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you stated, I am the owner of Atlas Property Management. But in addition to that, I am an investor as well. I actually got started in real estate as an investor. And then after a couple of years of that, decided to start my own property management company, as well as our own construction company as well that does all the maintenance and rehabs there. Yeah, I think we've continued to see growth. We're up over uh, 360 doors now, and we've got another 100 in the pipeline. What made you want to start your own property management company? Yeah, so that's a great question. So when I was managing my own properties, when I first got started, when I was unceremoniously let go from the corporate world, I only had a seven unit multifamily building that I was managing or owning. So I was managing it myself, doing maintenance, handling all the calls, screening, et cetera. And as I started to grow that portfolio over the next 24 months, we got to 60 or 70 doors. And I decided it would be really great if I could have somebody that would help me out on my team, do some of the management stuff so I didn't have to do all the daily operations. And I thought if I could grow a property management company that had enough third-party management to where it paid for my manager, I could essentially get my stuff managed for free. More of just like an ancillary benefit than looking at the property management company as a business and revenue uh, source itself. And then as I started talking about property management, I had an introduction made to somebody that was looking to sell a property management company, kind of went through some of that due diligence process, looked into their books and was like, this could be a good business model that I, and I kind of like it. I've already got the systems in place. I had already started using Buildium. So I decided I was going to try to buy that company. Unfortunately, that fell through. So I just then decided to start my own and grow past just having somebody help me manage my properties. Awesome. So if you're an investor and someone that wants to start a third party or your own property management company, what are some other reasons other than what you had for you to start your own property management company versus hiring a third party? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some of the benefits of starting your own is that you get exposed to a lot more assets and opportunities that you might not if you're just on the investing side. Obviously, you get your own properties managed and you can have some more control over them or help managing your own properties. 
and you know you don't have to deal with all the calls that you would if you're just self-managing your own. Obviously, once you start self-managing, you know a certain number of units, you're going to have to have staff. But if you can streamline that process and and have some other people help you out, you know that was one of the benefits of starting a property management company. Okay, and on the other side of that, why would someone want to hire a third party versus starting their own? I guess location would be one, right? If you're out of state investor, you you probably don't want to try to remotely manage a property management company. Another reason is if you don't want to deal with the headaches of having personnel, payroll, uh, everything that comes with owning and running a business, a third party is just a subcontractor then. And if you're dissatisfied with them, you can, you know, try to find one that you like better as opposed to having to fire an employee and rehire an employee and have a gap and workload and everything like that that comes with owning your own company. Yeah. Talk more about the challenges of owning your own property management company. I mean, I used to work for a property management company, but for golf courses, Lolita currently does. And so we know the daily ins and outs of, you know, Mm -hmm. running a business like that. There's so many moving pieces. Like you said, there's payroll. So it's a people business. You need to hire, fire, you have turnover. What are some other big challenges that you have with owning a property management company? I mean, so just a, any of the normal business challenges, like you stated, those don't go away just because it's in the real estate space. One of the things that I found interesting is we, we have two customers at the end of the day on different ends of the spectrums with kind of aligned goals, but kind of not always aligned goals. You know, if you're a regular business, you know, you've got one customer, you're in you know, retail, you've got the person that's buying your product. Here, we have an investor that their goal is to have a good quality property, hopefully, and to make as much money off that as possible with getting the rents up to market rent or as high as possible and keeping maintenance costs as low as possible. And our other customer, the ones that tend to be more vocal are the tenants and their goals are to have their rent as cheap as possible and discover as many maintenance issues that need to be addressed as possible and then be upset if they're not addressed within six hours. Yep. So how do you deal with that balance? Well, initially we had it set up to where the property managers on my team, they interfaced with the tenants and I interfaced with the owners. As our scale grew, we made the decision that it was best for each property manager to have that relationship with both sides of that party because as the scale grew, my ability to know all the details of every single property kind of diminished. So if each property manager knows their portfolio, they work with that. Really, we just try to communicate with both sides as much as possible to work with that relationship and understanding that we're probably going to have a longer term relationship with the investor than we are with the tenant. So if the investor's goal is to get rent up to market rate and the tenant doesn't like that idea that they may leave and, you know, we're going to bring somebody in at at market rate. So, you know, we try to focus on, on both relationships, but know that we have the goals of the investor in mind because we are in charge of their asset and managing it for them. Okay. Talk about some of the systems and SOPs and that standard operating procedures that need to be put in place when you're operating a successful property management company. Mm -hmm. Well, first thing I would would think about would be, let's make sure you're in legal compliance because you're going to have to worry about fair housing laws, discrimination, what are all your states and counties rules and regulations, you know, so making sure we have some procedures in place that we're not discriminating against people, like that's been a big one. And then internally, we've also made some, we call them standard workflows, they're essentially SOPs as well, that we use to help walk through some of the steps of onboarding a new owner, bringing on a tenant, just documenting some of the processes internally. Okay. And I don't know if you remember, but how long did it take you to get all these things set up before you started Atlas? We kind of set them up on the fly. Okay. When we brought in basically my properties, when we started the company and then, uh, you know, hey, we're open for business. I wasn't always on top of all my stuff. You know, this is what I say. 
if you do the EOS, right, we're trying to work to implement some EOS. There's visionaries and there's integrators. I was the visionary. I brought on a great integrator to help me make sure all of our steps were needing to get done within the process and the workflow. So that's been a huge help to help take care of some of that stuff. Okay. And then you mentioned Buildium as your platform you use for housing all your data. Can you talk about how you utilize that platform? Yeah, absolutely. Building is the only property management software we've ever used. It came as a referral to us from a friend that was using it, and we've been very happy with it. One thing that I really like about it is every service that we need is integrated within Buildium. So we can do all our background checks. We can do all our leases, get them signed online. They have great inspection software, Happy Inspector, that integrates into Buildium. So we can go out, we do an inspection, we take all the photos, make all the notes, and it syncs it right back in so that we have we can store the leases, we can store any addendums, and then we can store the move-in, move-out inspections, semi-annual inspections on there with photos, and it just all syncs up and integrates into that tenant profile really nicely. Okay. What top three skills do you need to have as an investor before you start going into starting your own property management company? What do you think the three top skill sets are? I guess being able to be a successful investor or understand the investor mindset would be number one, because that's one of the things that that I brought to the table when I was talking to new investors is that, oh yeah, well, I'm an investor too. I understand your pain points. That would be the first one that I would say a level of organization and an understanding of the big picture as well, because you're going to have a lot of moving pieces with the property management company, with owning the business. But additionally, you still have all your responsibilities to your own properties as well. You've still got to pay bills, pay taxes, et cetera. And you really just double the number of checks and bills and everything that you have to, you have to worry about at that point. And then additionally, as an investor that's going to start their own property management company, I guess you got to have some sort of business acumen to understand how to, how to run a business because running properties is different than running a business. Yep. hundred percent. All right, great. And so at what point do you think an investor should start their own property management company? You know, in the multifamily space where we're from, a lot of people say there's that thousand unit number, but I know people, you know, like yourself, you have a couple hundred units, maybe you have less than a hundred units. Is there a rule of thumb as far as number of units and you know, what is it that ultimately is the trigger for um, being just an investor who uses a third party to starting your own? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say first you're going to need some concentration in one area. If you've got a thousand units across 10 different states, that's probably not going to make sense for you to start your own company. More than likely, I would say you want to be there so you can work with overseeing your property managers, your maintenance staff, etc. As far as scale goes, you know, if you want to just self-manage and have your own internal property management company, you know, you could do it with 100 to 150 units. There's a certain number of doors that you need per property manager to, at least in, in our analysis, every company is going to run it differently, but to be profitable, right? They need to bring in X dollars of rent per month. So, you know, making sure you've got that minimum number, uh, minimum amount of rent per property manager and overhead and everything like that. But I'm going to say that the number is probably going to be around two to 300 that it would make sense because you're going to have some additional overhead that you didn't have before. Okay. Now you mentioned, you know, how many property managers per rent brought in, in your market, how many doors do you say that each manager has to control in order to make it profitable? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from my conversations with other property managers, there's two schools of thought with property managers, companies, how they can be structured. One is going to be the generalist. So this property manager, they manage 
these doors and they're going to be in charge of showing, of leasing, scheduling maintenance, in addition to all of the other property management responsibilities, move out inspections, etc. Then there's going to be a more specialized approach and this is the one that we take. So we have a commission-based leasing agent. So we take leasing screening showings completely off our property manager's plates and we have a maintenance coordinator as well so we take maintenance off their plates so we're thinking um, that we can hit between 200 to 250 probably per manager depending on how intensely they need to be managed on customer base asset quality etc okay and that leasing agent is that pure commission or does they get Mm -hmm. a base salary as well no, she's pure commission. Oh, wow. Okay. And then they sell your entire portfolio or are they only in charge of a, a certain number of doors? Uh, currently, we just we have one leasing agent. She's able to handle everything. Wow. Okay. Awesome. That's an interesting concept. I know that's not typical in most larger multifamily, but it's an interesting concept. I mean, that person is essentially a salesperson, you know, and I think a lot of times people hire that second person as like an assistant manager, where really with the lease up person, you need a salesperson to sort of have them as a commission basis makes total sense. Yeah. She, she really is incentivized to hustle. She'll put in six days a week, but she won't start work until three or four in the afternoon because that's when people are starting to get off work and they want to see the vacant units. So she's got a different schedule than everybody else keeps. But yeah, she's 100% incentivized to get doors leased up with quality tenants. Of course, we don't want her just throwing any garbage tenant in there. So we have to still pass all our standards. Okay. Yeah, she's incentivized to get them filled up. And she says she's still got more bandwidth on how many units she can turn per month. So. So is this something where she gets paid per lease up and then also she gets paid to maintain a certain amount of total occupancy for your portfolio with some bonuses and things like that? Or is it just strictly just per lease up? Just per lease up. So we take a percentage up front for a lease up fee and we make some margin on it depending on the size of the property and the property management agreement that's been negotiated. So our margin varies. So she's just straight percentage of first month's rent. Okay. All right. Well, I know one of the challenges of property management is dealing with owners, right? I mean, especially if you have multiple owners, if you're doing single family homes and smaller multifamilies, you you have a huge stack of owners. What is it that owners can actually do to help partner with property management companies? Because I think that's often something that is difficult to handle. As an owner myself of single families, it's more kind of saying, hey, why is it not like this? Why is this not like that? Where's my rent? What can owners do from a standpoint to make the life of a property management company easier? Well, we help a lot of multifamily investors right now with repositioning of assets. So, you know, they're really dilapidated. They need bad tenants out, good tenants in, just better management overall. One thing they can do is, you know, work with the manager to set up a plan and a goal. You know, not just say, hey, make it better. They could say, hey, I'd like to have my average rent across the portfolio of this. We want to spend this much in rehab. We have the construction company in-house. So a lot of times we're integrating better management, better tenants, and rehabbing the properties all in one. So we're trying to put together a comprehensive plan with goals. You know, they could say, hey, like this percent increase year over year in, in the rent for the first three years. We have one owner that brought that to us, which has been really helpful so that every time we lease up, we can say, hey, you wanted, you know, your goal was 7% per year. This one hit 12%. So just heads up, you know, we're helping you achieve your goals. And then be willing to have that conversation more than one time with the property manager, kind of review it on a monthly basis. Because as much as we want to give as much attention to the owners as we can, you know, once you hit 30, 40 owners, you might not always remember all the plans that you had set forth. So like, hey, what was the goal on this one again? And just be understanding that we're trying to execute your goal. We want it to be as, you know, as successful as possible. 
Perfect. How has COVID-19 impacted your business over the last three months? And, and what do you foresee in the future that is basically going to be long lasting impact and a change in how property management is done in the future? So for us, it was a weird time anyway. We've grown throughout COVID. We've added 100 units during COVID. So that that hasn't slowed us down at all. We've been limiting the number of people in a showing to, to 10 people in the house or apartment at a time and masks and hand sanitizer. Our leasing agent, she's always got that on hand, which is really helpful. We had a handful of people that have had payment related issues. Um, we are getting them out now that everything's back open for that out here in Kansas and Missouri. Long term, I don't know what the long term effects are going to be right now. We still are repositioning and doing a ton of rehab and a lot of assets and getting vacant units leased up. So aside from having a few tenants that took a bad turn on us that, you know, we're going to have to get rid of for for whatever reason, we haven't had any long-term ramifications that we're going to see. Okay, great. That is good news because I know other markets are, are definitely not seeing that. So anything else that we haven't covered on property management that you want to cover? No, not at this moment. We've, we've talked about quite a bit of the business. Okay, great. Lalita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. This podcast is sponsored by Bullpen. Bullpen is an online marketplace where you can find and hire top-notch commercial real estate analysts on an hourly or part-time basis to support your deals. The analysts on Bullpen have various skill sets from office brokerage in Topeka to multifamily development in New York and everything in between. We use Bullpen as a second set of eyes on all of our underwriting. Find your next analyst using Bullpen at www.bullpenre.com. Use our promo code APTCAPITAL when you sign up to receive a $100 credit towards your first hire. All right, Colin, here we go. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you cannot do without? Probably G Suite. Uh, we use Google Drive and everything else like that. We are extremely mobile. That was the goal when we set it up. So we use Google Drive and Gmail and everything like that a lot. Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, this one I'm still working through. We bought a package of houses in a tertiary market that needed a fair amount of renovation. We underestimated our ability to cash flow that and did not take out a construction loan. And so now we've got high vacancies and we're having to save, scrimp and invest more money into the property to get these houses turned into a condition that we feel confident renting them in. We don't want to rent garbage. And so, you know, my biggest takeaway on that is always take out a construction loan and then add another 10 or 15% on top of that. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? To grow my life to the next level, I need to continue to delegate responsibilities. And finally, Colin, where can people find out more about you? Our property management website's www.atlas.rentals, or they can look me up on LinkedIn at Atlas Property Management or at Colin Douthat on LinkedIn. Perfect. Colin, thanks for sharing your real estate experience and journey with us today and for being on our show. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a great time. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. 
You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.